Hey, what's up? Matt Sutton here and welcome to today's episode. It is a big one. Welcome to Mastering You. Today it is our 100th birthday. This is our 100th episode that I am dropping today. Really proud of that. Going to go into that in a second. But yeah, like I said, real corker of an episode today. Um, and I, like I said, I've got to say, from helping thousands of people get fitter and stronger and healthier over the, the last 15 years, to building multiple transformation centers and, and even running fitness retreats abroad, hitting 100 episodes on this podcast is actually probably in the top five things I'm most proud of. And the reason for that is it really was something that I put off for almost three years. And, um, you know, I, I'm not proud of it because it's made us any money. In fact, we probably run at a loss in running it um, and not for the brand awareness, but really because it is something I want to do. And if that's one thing that um, I've maybe got across on my mastering you is, is go for the things that you want to do um, and don't be put off by fear. I certainly allowed fear and maybe the fear of judgment, the fear of being a bit crap, the fear of no one listening, maybe the fear of no one wanting to be interviewed. That definitely put me off from starting sooner. Um, but I'm so glad that I did start. So I guess that's my message for today is if you've got something you want to do, get started and certainly in this episode the lady that I'm interviewing really inspirational woman I think particularly the ladies listening are going to find this episode really motivating and really inspiring I'm talking to Rachel Peru so Rachel shares her story of how she went from a divorced single mum in her late 40s working in a nursery to fully embracing her curves and natural grey hair to suddenly hitting all the newspapers and mainstream media by being signed by one of the top model agencies in London, you know, um, modeling things like lingerie and working alongside the likes of Davina McCall for JD Williams shoot um, as a top model. You know, she's been traveling around the world doing this and, you know, she's built, built up such a good following that she now hosts her own podcast, Out of the Bubble, which champions women who are embracing life and leaving a trail of inspiration along the way and inspiring others to become more body confident. Um, Rachel has also recently been included in Platinum Magazine's Top 50 Influencers. So, yeah, it was, it was a really good episode, this one. And one of the things that Rachel talks about, and she shares this multiple times, is what's the worst that can happen, you know? So that would be the message that I'll leave you with going into this episode. Really hope you enjoy it, guys. Rachel Peru. Rachel, welcome to Mastering You. How are we today? Hi, I'm great. Thank you. It's good to be here. Nice to meet you. Yeah, no, fantastic to have you on. Um, it's, it's so good to have a sort of diverse um, list of different guests. And one of the sort of areas of diversity we haven't had on the show really is really around the, the type of members that we get at LPT. And, and this is one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast, because I think your story is sort of so inspirational, will be so inspirational, particularly to um, our ladies at LPT, but all of the many listeners, um, um, ladies in your position as well. And yeah, I just, I just 
want to kind of, if we can, start from the start. So, because obviously you, as I've sort of just mentioned in the intro, your, you know, this this whole kind of life, you know, start, you started modelling at 46 years age, if yes. you're saying, right? Yeah. So, you know, that's quite a whirlwind change to your previous career and your previous life. Um, if you don't mind sort of sharing with the listeners, what, how did all that happen? Yeah, absolutely. It has definitely been something that I could never kind of imagined that I would be doing at this age. You know, if, if you'd have asked me in my 20s and 30s if I'd been modelling, I would have run a mile because I had really kind of low body confidence, low self-esteem. So I never, not something that I'd longed for, you know, to do all my life. My 20s and 30s were spent career-wise kind of in and out of retail management jobs, paid the bills, nothing that I was really passionate about. I had three children um, within four years. So I had three children under four at one point. Wow. So and I absolutely loved being a mum. So I stopped working when I had kids when they were really young. Yeah. Um, and I loved, I really loved that time, really special. And obviously as they grow up, um, everyone starts getting on with their lives again. It was like, okay, what am I going to do? Didn't really know. And then I got to 39 and actually found myself getting divorced at 39 after okay. being with my first husband since I was 16. So that's a long, you know, that's wow. a large chunk of, of time to be with one person. And so to find myself at 40 single, it was like, okay, who am I? What, you know, rediscovering yourself again. What, what do I like doing? What do I like eating? You know, going shopping and buying stuff just for yourself instead of somebody else. Where, where, did, where, where do you start with that? Like, where, where did you start with that? asking that like obviously asking that question who am I and what what did you do first to kind of find that out I um I did a uh tandem skydive for my 40th birthday wow and I am I'm terrified of heights I'm still terrified it didn't cure me <laughs> but <laughs> I wanted to I think I've spent so much time in my past kind of life stopping myself from doing things because I was scared of failure thinking that I couldn't do it doubting myself all the time and I knew that if I'd gone through all this because divorce is not pleasant that I had to make a difference and I had to have a different mentality so I thought right I'm going to do this and this will set the tone for the next decade so for my 40th birthday that's what I did terrified screamed all the way down but I loved it and it and afterwards it gave me that it's like it's like building a bank of kind of memories that I could be braver and so it, the more why, the more why I did skydive, that. why skydive? Is, is that your kind of way of thinking, right? I'm I'm jumping off and I'm going into a, a new creating a new world for myself. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was the kind of it was my way of challenging myself because I knew it was something that I am really scared of. You know, I, I struggle to go across, you know, bridges and stuff. I don't like heights. And so I thought, okay, what's the worst thing that I could do? <laughs> that would be it. <laughs> um, and I just wanted to push myself out of my comfort zone I guess mm. to say it's so you know it's okay you can do scary things and you are doing scary things yeah and that kind of brought this whole new journey of learning about myself and learning what I was capable of and that kind of set the tone for the next 10 years really so you did the skydive and then yeah so what next what was the next thing um, I went to university because by that time I was I'd gone into work in early years education so nursery teaching because it fit in with my kids, um, you know, school time, pick up and all that kind of thing. And it was a really nice job. So I thought, well, okay, I'll, I'll do teaching for the next chapter. So I went and got a degree in education studies, which I loved being a mature student. You know, I got my degree when I was 41. 
thought that was going to be it, thought that I would be teaching, you know, I thought I'd be teaching now, I thought I'd just work my way up through the teaching um, as a career. And my eldest daughter um, became really quite sick. She got acute anxiety and agoraphobia. So for two or three years, it actually meant that she was homeschooled. So that meant I stopped working. Um, Felt like I'd taken a huge step backwards, massive knock to my confidence. Obviously, a terrible situation for her. But then I thought I'd made all these big strides into this new career path and this new life myself and found myself back at home. And it was during that time that a friend kindly volunteered us to model um, in a local fashion show, which I'd not done before. And I said yes. And after several drinks, (laughs) did it (laughs) and loved it and came away thinking, actually, yeah, I really enjoyed that. And it gave me such a boost of confidence. And I really felt like I just wanted to get back on the stage again. I really, really enjoyed it. And I've continued to volunteer each year. It was an annual event. And so that was something that I always looked forward to doing. And after six years of doing that, the photographer and a few professional models were involved, were really encouraging and said, you know, have you thought about doing it? So I was 46. My eldest daughter, luckily, was out the other end of what she was going through. So she was, you know, back living her life. So I thought, well, actually, yes, I don't What have I got to lose? I'll, I'll go and try and send off some local, you know, send off some photos to local agencies. And I actually got signed with a London agency within the first month. So it was like, oh, okay, right, I better take this seriously. <laughs> and I love it. And, then, and I've been, you know, modelling ever since. You, you mentioned that um, you, you said back on stage again. Uh, have you done something similar in the past? I did drama, A-level. I did drama at school and right. um, absolutely loved that. And, and when I was probably 17, 18, I really was seriously looking at going to drama school. That would have been my, you know, my ambition at that time. And again, I think my lack of confidence and self-belief stopped me from doing it. So I think actually even going to university just to do an education studies degree was my way of saying to myself, well, you got there eventually, because I didn't do it when I was 18, 19, like I hoped I had. So yeah. I feel like I've kind of in my head ticked that box off, even though I did it a bit later. So it, I suppose yeah. the love of drama has kind of showed itself up again in what I'm doing now. Yeah, you kind of sound like you sounds like you kind of re refound yourself almost, you know, through through that um, experience of being back on the on the stage. Yeah. And so it all took off then, right? Yeah, it did. I mean, within the first kind of year, I was I found myself being flown to the Bahamas to do a swimsuit shoot with Ashley Graham and the American singer Lizzo. Yeah. And I was absolutely terrified. I mean, you know, you had to prize me out of the toilets at Gatwick Airport to get me on the plane because I just thought, I'm 47 going to model swimwear. What the hell am I doing? What am I thinking? <laughs> you know, imposter syndrome was real. Um, but I came back from that a different person again because I, the response I got from other women seeing an older model in swimwear was just amazing. And I thought, actually, this is what I want to do. This is, I can use my, you know, my platform here and represent older women. And I love doing that. Yeah, I'm sure there's so many women listening now that are like, oh, good on you. Well done, you know. Um, I mean, it, it sounds like the stars kind of aligned, the fact that you did that um, skydive jump and then, you know, you almost did like a, a life version of that in your <laughs> with your with your first shoot you know so. yeah yes yeah I mean I didn't really get a warm-up to it you know I didn't kind of have lots and lots of jobs and then this big job it was kind of one of the first jobs I did really so it was a, yeah. a wake-up call definitely into the world of modeling yeah and as a result of that obviously I, I noticed you know on a few of your websites and on mine that you, you know the, the media have really kind of sort of 
caught on to, to yourself and your story and um, what, why do you think that is? Do you, do you think that because we're in a time where now we need to be starting to celebrate, you know, our, our bodies at whatever age and we're in this kind of world where it's, you know, well, uh, let me just finish there, actually. What, why do you think, feel like now and, and why, why, you know, have, have the media just been all over it? Yeah, I think it's. I think the, the you know stuff is changing now, and attitudes in society changing to older, older the older generation over forties. And I think particularly for women, I think you know historically when we look back, my parents' generation was kind of we left school, did one job for life, and that was it. Whereas now you know people in the forties and fifties and sixties are changing careers, starting new activities, starting new sports. And I think the media are keen to start, they are starting to, to see that actually we need to be represented. And that's something that I really push for to make sure because we need to see, we need to see older people, we need to see older people's bodies, we need to kind of drop this fear of aging, which I think, you know, society has kind of inherited. Yeah. So I think the media like the idea of somebody, you know, pushing these boundaries. Um, but we've still got a long way to go, don't get me wrong, you know, representation is far from... Um, something that we've cracked for older women and men, but we're getting what, what needs to what what yeah I, I agree. What what do you think needs to happen for that to change? Well, there's a lot of talk about tokenism. So ages, you know, campaigns will use one older model, um, uh, or they'll use one curvy model or one grey-haired model, and it's kind yeah. of seen as a tick box exercise. Yeah. But I think you've got to start somewhere. And the more they do that, the response from consumers is always so positive that they can't ignore that. So then eventually it will trickle down and become mainstream. You know, it's got to start. It's got to start at the top. You know, if you look at London Fashion Week, Paris Fashion Week, actually Paris Fashion Week this year has had more older models for the first time in a long time. But it's got to start at the top and trickle its way down. But having these campaigns where they are showing and including people is, is a great way to start. A lot of it is obviously comes from within the person and obviously confidence is, is key. Were you surprised at yourself that you had the confidence to, you know, when, when, you know, going back to when your friend asked you, you know, do you want to get involved? And, and then it led to this, you know, to, to actually a career. Did, did that surprise yourself or did you or that was that you finding yourself and realizing that, no, the confidence was was there. That's kind of part of your personality. I think I've constantly surprised myself, if I'm honest. I think I'm still surprising myself. Um, I think during that 10 years after, after I did get divorced, after the skydive, I did lots of other things. So I, I volunteered and travelled to Uganda um, with a group of strangers and I'd never done anything like that before. Um, I set up a charity. So I did lots of different things that pushed me out of my comfort zone where I was really growing and, and building yeah. that confidence. So I think by the time I got to the modelling, I had got that core level of confidence that I've just continued to build on but even now if I'm doing a certain campaign and that is something that I've not done before there is that kind of moment of oh, okay right I've got to do this take a deep breath and get on with it but I think I suppose my baseline confidence level is so much higher than it was 10 years ago yeah no I guess the reason I asked is because like I said to you just before we started one of the I mean one of the biggest things that we often hear from our own members is the hardest part for them was just coming to like you know the first session or coming to the consultation and just that that making that first step um and honestly that goes for, for both the men and the women you know at lpt and um what what would your advice be to to someone that wants to 
start making some positive steps towards their life. Maybe, you know, they've had the children, that they've sort of got their career in place, they've spent the last 20 years putting every, everyone else first and not themselves. They, they sort of lost their, their identity to some extent. Mm -hmm. You know, their identity has been mum, dad, or worker. <laughs> yeah. And they kind of, you know, that they, they got to that position where, where I guess you were at one point where you didn't really know who, who you were and but you wanted to find out, you wanted to, you know, you, you've got another 40, 50 years. I mean, that, that's, I guess that's the big difference in today's world is with the way the world's changing health wise and the opportunities in terms of, you know, eradicating certain diseases, et cetera, you know, our average lifespan is only going to increase, you know, a person that's mm. 60 today or 50 today, you know, well, 50, 60 years ago is very different, you know? So yeah. Yeah. How, what would your advice be to the, to people that are sort of lacking that confidence to, to find themselves and move forwards? I write everything down. I'm a big believer in journaling. So I have a little notebook and I still carry it around with me now. And I write down all the, the things that I have achieved in the last, you know, however many years, all the positive things, no matter how big or small you might think they are. And when you see it all written down, it makes you think, actually, OK, I have done all this. So then it starts making you realise that you can go to this next class on your own and go to a room with strangers, or you can sign up to do something you've never tried before because you've done all this other thing. So why, why can't you do that? And writing down the pros and cons and you know, what's the worst thing that can happen. And actually, once you see it written down on paper, I think it's a lot easier to kind of change that mindset. It's scary, but I think sometimes you've got to do scary things and take a deep breath and just, you know, put your big knickers on and get on with it <laughs> well yeah and also I think what you, you've you've said it like five times now which is what's the worst thing that can happen I think that's a really good question to ask in many I, I do that a lot in business as well like if there's a bit of a risk and then and I think uh, I know it's a Richard Branson question like what's the worst case scenario what's the worst thing that can happen and often when you weigh up the benefit compared to the the cost or the, or the worst thing that can happen actually often it's worth the risk you know yeah um, yeah and fear fear is the biggest thing that holds us all back in life isn't it and so yeah. if we can try and rationalize that then that really does help yeah yeah anything else anything else in terms of you know making positive steps um, I think it's it's easier to do it with somebody else. So if you have got a friend that is feeling the same as you, partnering up with them so you've got that accountability so yeah. that you can motivate each other because motivation is really hard. You know, I know myself when I'm exercising, it's really hard to do on your, on your own sometimes if you're having a bit of a dip. Whereas if you've got somebody there that can kind of really encourage you to say, okay, you're going to go into the group today, you're going to be there, I'll see you there. It's that, that really helps. That's helped me have people that are going to kind of push me a bit. And, and how, have, how has life changed for you, you know, going into a career of modelling? I mean, have you become a little bit more self-aware of yourself? Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Is that, you know, are you, you know, you worried about, because obviously your job is to obviously look good, but at the same time, you're empowering, you know, women to sort of say, hey, you know, um, we are who we are and, and, you know, let's embrace that. So it's getting that balance, I, I'd imagine, right? Yeah, and I think um, that's been one of the kind of things that's been really important for me is that when I went into this as a curvy size, 14, 16, I've got grey hair. So I went into it knowing who I was. I think it's much harder to go into the industry as a younger woman 
because there's a lot more pressure. Whereas mm. now I've turned up to my agency and I've been with the same agency for several years now. And I am who I am and I'm not going to change and I'm not going to change weight or size for, for anybody. And so they know that. And so there isn't that pressure. I, you know, I like to exercise because it makes me feel good mentally. I don't, you know, I spent years doing stuff like that because I was seeing it as a punishment to make sure that, you know, I, I could go and have a meal out if I'd exercised or gone for a run that day. Whereas now I do it because it makes me feel good. It makes me feel better yeah. in my head. And so it's, I do it because it brings me pleasure, not because I'm concerned about my shape or my size. I don't weigh myself. I don't go on diets. So I think I've, I've got to a place where I've got a healthy attitude towards that now. That's so interesting. I think like you just mentioned, you, you don't really weigh yourself. You, you don't really focus on that side. And it's, you know, it's one of, it's one of the things that we, we have conversations we have so much with our members is, is, is getting that balance because, you know, obviously they come to us, they want to lose weight. Um, and, you know, from a health standpoint, sometimes that is required, you know, yeah. for them to live a healthy, energized life. But at the same time, if your only core focus is on that scale and you're becoming obsessed by that, and that in itself is going to be detrimental to your own results, you're going to get more stressed, you know, more unhappy, that inadvertently is going to hormonally put you in a not, not a good place to, to lose weight. So, you know, focusing on more on how you feel, and you know your, your energy like you say and, and just enjoying the process it sounds like that's one of the things that you do well is you're, you're enjoying the process you're you're not expending all of your energy worrying about the, the outcomes of the exercise that you do or the food that you eat but you're just enjoying what 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 do you enjoy like people are going to be listening like yeah right what 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 is there to enjoy about exercise <laughs> I, well I live in North Yorkshire so I'm surrounded by beautiful countryside I've got a dog so for me you know I a daily walk is a great way to start the day and, I, and it's quite hilly so I'm, I'm out there you know and, and I always have to I love I love being outdoors in nature and it gives me that sense of space and freedom to just think and clear my head and just you know get some fresh air do some exercise I just be outdoors and, and switch off for a bit because it's so hard, especially like the last couple of years with COVID, everyone's been working from home. It's really hard to switch off. Mm. Whereas if I can take myself outdoors and go for, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've done couch to 5K you know, <laughs> over the last few years, but I, I am not a brilliant runner, but I like it. I like, I like how it makes me feel afterwards. I like that boost of energy that I get afterwards. So anything outdoors, um, I really enjoy while swimming but only when it's warm. I am not a cold, <laughs> cold water swimmer at all. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just anything that's outdoors, really. I, I like being outdoors in the fresh air. Yeah. And, and, and nutrition wise, is that something you have to, I mean, did you, did you say that you previously were into kind of doing diets and stuff like that in your sort of yeah. life? Yeah. I have probably been on every single diet you can think of from, from the age of about 15 to, to 40. <laughs> yeah, and I don't diet anymore. There's nothing I don't eat, but it's all in moderation. And I do have treats. I don't particularly drink a lot, but because that doesn't make me feel great. Yeah. Um, but I have done in the past. So it's just for me, I, yeah, there's nothing that I don't have. Um, I, I, I've got a healthy attitude. I, you know, I love food. I'm not going to lie. I, you know, I love, I love eating, trying different things. So it's not something I ration myself, but I just, I'm conscious, you know, I'm just conscious of getting a balanced diet, I guess. That's, that's so good. I mean, again, it's one of the challenges that we have 
you know, it's sort of been born out of the diet industry that you've got good foods and bad foods and good this and bad this. Um, and we try our best to encourage people to understand that, yes, it really is. A lot of it is just plain old common sense. A lot of the time, just, you know, we need to get everything in proportion, um, live, live a balanced life. So what, where, where do you go from here then? What, what's, the, what's the big goals? Obviously, you've got your podcast out of the bubble. Um, tell us a yes. little bit about why you started your podcast and, and what you've been able to achieve whilst whilst running that. Is that is that something else that you never thought you'd see yourself doing? Yeah, I would never never planned that at all. But it was actually quite early on when I started modelling. Within about the first year, I was on social media and I was new to social media, so I was connecting with other women that were in their forties that had gone on to do really amazing things and were taking up new adventures or changing careers. And they really had motivated me. And, and every day I was seeing these posts, thinking, "Okay, well, if they can do that, then there's no reason why I can't." So it really encouraged me to keep going. And so I thought, well, actually, we don't get to hear these stories enough. We don't get an opportunity for these women to share their stories fully. Mm. So I started the podcast to share women's stories over 40 of their journeys of reinvention, starting new hobbies, new activities, new overcoming massive hurdles. And, you know, I've interviewed 92 women now and I absolutely love it. Every woman's got a story to tell. They're all very different. But I'm hoping, you know, hopefully the, the feedback is that it's encouraging other people to think about this next chapter and what they want to do because you can, you know, there's so many opportunities, like you said, we're living longer. So you've got another, hopefully, yeah. 30, 40 years. What do you want to do next? Yeah. Yeah. I love the, the title as well, Out the Bubble. Um, it just gets right to the point. <laughs> yeah, and I live it. I lived in, in a really small town in Yorkshire and I've lived there all my life until last September. We moved, actually. Um, and so to me, it was a really lovely place to grow up, but it felt very much like living in a bubble. So yeah. when I stepped out of that, it was like, OK, you've got it's almost like dropping that baggage and you can move on and do something different. You don't have to be the same person. So that's kind of where the inspiration came from the title. What, what have been some resources, you know, uh, have you, cause obviously this, this podcast is very much about personal development, you know, has yeah. that been a big part for you of, of making this big transition and this life change? Have there been any resources or tools or books or courses that you particularly found very useful? Um, I do read a lot. You know, the, the um, I've just reread um, "Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway" by yeah. Susan Jeffrey. I mean, I read that every year. I love it. So I've read a lot of books like that, playing big, Tara Moore, uh, TED Talks. I find are really inspiring and really motivational for me. I like, you know, I'm not very good at sitting down and watching an hour's video where there's a TED talk for 15, 20 minutes to stretch the point, and that you see know, so many different subjects. Yeah. So yeah, I, I really do like to, but reading is probably my biggest source of kind of self development. Yeah. So so your your main focus now is is just kind of what 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 what's your message and that you like to get across to other women? You know, that kind of what's the inspiration you want to give, Rachel? Um, I think for my modelling work, in terms of modelling, I want to show women that we don't have to fear ageing and that our bodies do change and that we've got to just be kind to ourselves and embrace them as they are and be the best version we can of ourselves without comparing ourselves to 20-year-olds. So hopefully by representing them in the industry, they can see, you know, they can go into a lingerie shop and see a woman in the 50s wearing the same bra against try on rather than a woman in the 20s. You know, there needs to be that diversity. So that's my core message is to, to improve midlife women's body confidence really 
and the podcast also to just push people out of their comfort zones to try new things and explore what's next for them not to feel like they they have to be stuck in this rut because there's so much more out there do, do you find are you, do you talk to a lot of women that are stuck in a rut yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's a really it's a really funny time with life. It's you know quite often there's a lot going on behind the scenes. If they've got children, they they they're growing up, they're going off to university, they're leaving home. There's you know their roles change. You know you're suddenly you're still a mum, but your roles change as being a mum. You're not quite as needed as you were. So it's almost like going through a grieving process, and then it's like okay, well what what's in it for me now? It's my time, but then. What do you do with that time? So it's it is about kind of, I suppose, rediscovering again what you like doing and who you are. Yeah, fantastic. No, great. I mean, um, oh, I hope hope I'm sure that the listeners have definitely you know taken a lot out of just you know the, the words that you shared here. But I, I I would suggest that anyone listening that's sort of connecting with your story and then is inspired to to check out your podcast as well out of the bubble. Um, Obviously, our podcast here is it's called Mastering You. One of the questions that I always like to finish with, Rachel, is what does self-mastery mean to you? It means getting to a place where I could say I am good enough just as I am right now. Perfect. Perfect. Oh, I love that. Any final words of wisdom that you want to share with our listeners? Well, I think it's just that kind of being kind to yourself because we're all so hard on ourselves. And we expect so much from ourselves. And I think we've got to just take a step back sometimes and just be a bit kinder and say it's okay to, to have a bad day, but then you can pick yourself back up again and keep pushing forward, but just to stop beating ourselves up, really. Yeah, I, I would 100% agree with that. That's that's something that we, me, me and my coaches have discussions about with our members all the time. You know, we, we, we there's just so much pressure, isn't there? Pressure to be the best parent, pressure to be you know, the best at work, you know, there's obviously a lot of social pressures, financial pressures these days. Yeah. Um, and we're not very good at just, you know, being compassionate to ourselves, are we? No, no, we're usually the last on the list, are we? Yeah, no, 100%. So, well, hope you enjoyed this one, guys. Um, thanks so much, Rachel, for coming on. Um, Pleasure, I'd love to, to talk to you. Watching your continued journey. Um, and uh, yeah, just best of luck for the future. Thanks, Matt. Where can people find out more about you? Apart from um, the- I mean, guess my website, rachelperu.co.uk. And come and say hello on Instagram at rachelperu1. Perfect. Okay, well, we'll just pop those into the show notes so people can easily find you as well. Thank Thanks, you. Rachel. Thanks, Matt. Bye.